That's a dreadful ball and Chelsea could be in here with Goff who goes for goal and scores! Finds the back of the net! Henri! What a goal! Inspiration for Arsenal from Thierry Henri! Miller, lovely cushion header for The Ghost Goal Podcast. The Premier League returned from international break, and we have another shuffle at the top of the table. Chelsea started off the weekend with a 2-0 victory at Newcastle. Youngster Tammy Abraham helping the Blues move up to third place. Jose Mourinho's Tottenham have clearly arrived as they get a 2-0 victory over Manchester City Saturday afternoon. Spurs are top of the table thanks to goals from Son and Lo Celso. Manchester City find themselves in 13th for right now. Arsenal went to Leeds and ended the game 0-0, which was unfortunate for Leeds, who hit the post numerous times. Pepe sending off in the second half makes this somewhat more impressive for the Gunners, who find themselves in 12th. Wounded Liverpool took down Leicester City 3-0 thanks to a Johnny Evans' own goal, another Diego Jota goal, and a late goal from Roberto Firmino. Liverpool move up to second place after taking taking down the top of the table foxes and that brings us back to the Premier League welcome back to the ghost school podcast I'm Andrew Pissarro it was it was another it was another welcome weekend uh I told you all Liverpool would get the win I'm here with Alex Moss Javier Revelo. how's everybody doing today yeah it was an impressive win I'm, I'm doing pretty well G- getting the getting the early it, podcast done this week Lester gifted that to you man that own goal ended it from there on out I was like oh well that's game over <laughs> Well, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to start the podcast talking about that game because uh, I want to talk about the the biggest result of the weekend, which was Spurs. But I'm going to tease for later. Uh, Brendan Rodgers still doesn't know how to defend set pieces. Just, I think that's really all that that needs to be said about that game. Uh, let's we'll, we'll brief brief looking down the score sheet from Saturday. Uh, we'll talk about Chelsea in just a few minutes. They got a two 0 victory over Newcastle. Aston Villa somehow lost to Brighton two one. Uh, Danny Welbeck getting on the score sheet, so he's still alive apparently. And that brings us to the 12:30 game, which was Tottenham taking down Manchester City. Hinman Song continues to be a man on fire, scoring in the fifth minute, and Lo Celso scoring finally his first Premier League goal in the 65th minute, and that was all she wrote in this game. Bit of an interesting lineup for Manchester City. No Raheem Sterling starting, but this was... Was this another Jose Masterclass? Is is, is the man back? It, it was a Jose Masterclass as well as a Fradiola Masterclass. So, like, it was probably a combination of both. For Tottenham, it was, you know, in, in that first half, there was they had one shot and they had one goal. Manchester City had 11 shots and didn't really look that threatening. I thought not they, starting... They scored in the first half, though, but then it was called, uh, VAR it was, returned it, was, it for it a handball. It was for oh, a handball, yeah. Um, and, and that was, it was probably closer. It was legitimate. It was like, legitimate. I'm not, I'm not like, there was nothing, mad about I don't think the there decision. was anything wrong with that decision. It was just close. De Bruyne you know? was complaining, saying, oh, like, you know, it's, it's different every week, but I, I thought that was pretty clear that he handled it, you know. It, that's what led to the goal. So, but in the second half, I thought Tottenham were, were brilliant. I thought that it's probably one of the first games I've seen Eric Dyer not put not put a foot wrong the whole game. He was monstrous defensively. Uh, Emil Hoiberg, he was also amazing. Um, both of them just kind of anchored that that back line, and, and they had Sissoko and Hoiberg just you know kind of sitting in front of the defense, and it, that allowed for Oyer to push up further up the field, and and you know create opportunities for Tottenham on the counterattack and they were so compact so well they defended so well I, I, I don't know I thought they played really really well and then you know Son and Kane did their usual thing where Kane dropped deep 
picked up the ball and 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 played balls through to Son and, and to Burwine and then when Lucas came on as well. So all of that was was I don't know. It was typical Tottenham. They 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 executed their game plan perfectly and. Uh, like you said, I mean, Son's on fire. I, I called him out in the last pod saying it had been three games since he since he got a goal, comes back, gets a goal. You know, Kane gets an assist. I think Kane now has... No, it's in Dombele. No, Undo- oh, well, Dombele got the Kane, first assist. Kane got, Kane got the, the second assist to... Yeah, Lo Celso scores after, uh, after he'd been on for 30 seconds. Like, Mourinho makes the change. And you could see, like, Bale was like, you're putting him on and not me. And, I mean, Mourinho's immediately vindicated with, with the Lo Celso change, so... Uh, it definitely a Mourinho masterclass. I'm sure Mourinho is full of confidence right now, and, and telling his team like we got to push on like this. We can, you know, we can win the title if we keep this up. So, um, I think right now Spurs have the best defensive record in the league with the least goals conceded, and you know they're only one goal off of Chelsea for for most goals scored. So, not not a lot to to complain about if you're a Tottenham fan right now, and and if you're the rest of the league, you know we're we're. I'm concerned. They're also only one goal better than us in terms of uh, goals conceded. So, you know, we're beating them by Fair one, enough. one thing. Fair enough. They're but beating I, us by but one I'm, and the other. I'm, 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 I'm concerned right now that this is this Tottenham side is this is the real deal this year. I mean, obviously, if they if they get a, a Sonner and Erickson injury, we you know the, it might derail Erickson Sonner Kane. Yeah, if it might derail them, but they have more when? depth. They have the more depth. They've got uh, they've okay. got Burwine sure and they've they got do. Bale this this year. So. Am, am they- sure they do. I, I just I, I need to see it. I need to see like sometime in January, Kane's out for two weeks, and there's five games in that time. How do they handle those five games, and what effect does it have on them? So one of them's gonna get injured, and I know this sound that sounds bitter, just coming from the Liverpool fan of this podcast, where like we can't go a game without getting injured. But someone's going to get injured. These players are also getting results four- through those injuries, and have shown you damn have been right able to for the last two you're seasons. Did- so you're damn that's, right. That's we not are. a concern as much so for Liverpool as it is for Tottenham, who have time that's, and time that's again what exactly what choked saying. away everything in the last thirty to forty years of their. You know of their competitive existence, so I'm not taking Tottenham that seriously yet because what I think will end up happening to them is something that's happening to a lot of teams yeah, right now. You also thought City, City were going to win City like three nil or four victim. one in this game. You didn't even mention that Sterling wasn't starting. He's coming back from a hamstring injury. I thought that was like a I thought that was a he, Fraudiola move right there. Well, he was coming back from a hamstring injury that kept him and out. Ferran Torres is on fire. Yeah, Ferran Torres is playing well, but what they missed in this game was. Uh, not just like Sterling, how he's the best of their wingers, but he's obviously the most direct and decisive. And Torres is still pretty young. Uh, Riyad Mahrez, for whatever reason, just got absolutely clamped by uh, Sergio Regulon, who was also like probably one of the better players on the pitch for Tottenham. It was all the areas that Matt, De Bruyne looked like he was the only one that really like was standing up and being like, "Come on, guys, let's like get back into this." And even when he would try to have a pop from 20, 25 yards out, uh, Tottenham defenders were blocking everything. So there was just a, a lack of cohesiveness to City's play that it really stands out for their style of play when you don't have everything, every piece just slid in there to perfection. So they need. Aguero and uh, I, I Sterling think, back I think it's worth mentioning. Uh, also, Alderweireld went off injured. I think early in the second half. Yeah, he did. Which you would have thought that you know Alderweireld going off injured, and it was late in the second half. I think. And Joe Ro- Roden coming on, Rodon. I don't know for his, I don't know if that was his Premier League de- 81st debut. Eighty first. Okay. 
But yeah, that, 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 that might be a, you know, uh, something, a moment of contention or, or a worry for them if for these future games that this really hard run, if that Alder Wield injury is, is serious, because um, I don't know how many yeah. healthy center backs they have. Additionally, with um, who's the Colombian kid they have? Davinson Sanchez. Wasn't on the bench for this game either, worth, worth mentioning. Um, I have something to do with playing for Manchester- Colombia. I mean, I just know yeah, Thiago but- Silva didn't play for Chelsea either for the same reason. Yeah, that, that that might that's that's a fair shout. Um, we need to talk about Bernardo Silva and how he's not the player that he was, like two two years, two years ago, ago at this yeah. point. We all expected him to just pick up the David Silva mantle and and be you know I know he was playing a little bit as a right wing that last season they won the Premier League, but he has just fallen off a cliff all of a sudden. Like he was you know one of the young. I was very excited to watch him in the Premier League, even though he's kind of a dick uh, to Liverpool, and now he just like can't do anything so it's like as a Liverpool fan I, I don't care but as a fan of the Premier League it's like and, and and for Manchester City this is just another part where it's like do you think he's do you think he's part of the whole like Pep Guardiola's you know he needs a change of manager or do you think this is just something he'll get through he's still also like crazy young he's probably only like 24 he's, 20, point, he's 26 so. but uh yeah and I mean okay, I mean so. two years ago he was he won City player of the season and I didn't. I, I didn't really see it. I've always thought that he's been a little bit overrated. I know Alex, you, you've always talked about like his work off the ball, his pressing, and his, you know, the, yes, a so lot of his interplay. It's more so than his goals and assists. Like he never even on Monaco. He never really. He did get more goals and assists on that team, but I think that's because he was playing in the French league. It was more like the the work he did off the ball and all that. That that's like the big deal with him, right? Yeah, that has been that. Well, that's something that like most players of his like position and his like creativity don't have. So it was like a nice added bonus. But I, I think he's more of a uh, a symptom of you know being at a club like City where you are constantly looking to upgrade and buy players at uh, multiple different positions. And Bernardo Silva isn't really a player that you would say has a nailed down position. Uh, he did uh, used to be a right winger and kind of had that spot, even though it wasn't all the time in the past for City because of Sterling and Sané. But now Riyad Mahrez has came in and he was brought in for obviously big money, so that's another competitor. Kevin De Bruyne likes that right side of center midfield spot where Bernardo Silva, you would think, would like sort of shift in and play and kind of switch with whoever the right winger was. So those two areas are kind of taken up with multiple players who like to play there as well. And when Bernardo Silva plays now, you kind of just see him looking to not make a mistake and like try not to screw up too much so he doesn't get taken out. And all of like what's special about him, his link up play and his hard work off the ball has kind of been neutralized. And I, honestly, I think getting him and uh, Aguero back to close to their best is probably going to be City's best chance to uh, restart their season because they're missing a, a consistent goal scorer right now. And their ball retention in the final third is there's been some really bad decision making. And, you know, Sterling and uh, De Bruyne can win you games by themselves, but they need some players to take away some of the attention on them. And so I, I really think Bernardo Silva is probably a better option there for his work rate off the ball than Riyad Mahrez would be, because what did Mahrez do to Tottenham? Nothing. And you'd, you'd expect him to probably win that matchup. And like I said, he got completely 
you get shut down by uh, this, this really wasn't a, a Mourinho masterclass. Two shots on target, two goals, uh, 33% possession for Tottenham, zero corners, 10 for Manchester City, and uh, pretty much double the amount of passes. You know, City had around 600 and, and Tottenham 300. So this was I saw a typical quote, game I saw, for, for I Mourinho. Saw, I saw a quote from Mourinho. It was like, they can they can go home with the ball. I'll go home with the three points, which is just like classic fucking Joe. Uh, I do Jose. I do actually want to mention about uh, City before we move on to uh, whatever else. If you guys watch the the first goal and you see how uh, Laporte and Diaz both react to Ndombele's uh, like aerial ball that looks like it's going to Kane, they both gravitate towards Kane. And he goes right over their heads and Son runs onto it. They've conceded a goal just like that against so many teams in the past. I remember like N'Golo Kante's goal at that Manchester City last year was very much like that. Wolves have have uh, scored multiple goals where Adama is running in behind and Jimenez is the one who's distracting the two center backs. Those two center backs, I know they've just been paired together, but they need to figure out some sort of understanding quickly so both of them aren't throwing themselves out of position for the opening goal of the game. It was terrible to see if you're a City fan. All right, we'll talk more about Manchester City later in the podcast as they obviously take on Burnley and we will talk about more about Spurs because they are the premier matchup coming up this weekend moving right along the late Saturday afternoon game the Manchester United uh, 1-0 penalty class uh, over West Brom uh, you mean, you mean Varchester United yes Var- uh, yes yes I mean I forgot to bet it this weekend but it's like Every week, it's like it's literally every week. I think that's and really the only thing you have to talk about is that how West Brom had a penalty that was, I think it was legitimate. Like I don't understand why it got called back and the referee. Like you rarely see the referee go to the screen in the side and then reverse their call. So I thought that was a little I bit like bizarre. I like seeing that more. I'd rather see. I'd rather see the referee go to the screen like they do in the NFL. Look at the call, make the call himself, and shrug off and, and shrug off the VAR referee. They do that in a lot of other leagues. I'm happy it's in the Premier League. I'm not gonna sit here and complain about that, but it, it's just and the you know, United the United penalty it, was kind of bullshit. Like <laughs> it's it's not even just that. It's just like how is this team only create like how can they not create more? And and also too, they're also why not in that spending... bad of a spot right now. <laughs> I mean, everyone keeps making it out that they're in the they, worst spot. They've had a really easy a start to the season, though. They've they've definitely had well, the had easiest play, start of the season for the top six. Well, they've had to play both of us. They've had to play Chelsea, Arsenal, and Tottenham all at home, and only one or and all I mean, at home, like a, you said. Like they've had they've yeah. had a pretty easy start. Like they're going to have a much harder second half of the season. They've played a lot of bottom bottom half sides, like squeaked wins against like Brighton and West Brom. I don't know. I mean, obviously they're doing okay, but I mean, are they? They're only in tenth place. They have like, a game in hand this is their that first... would put them like close to the top that's, four. That's fair. They they also that game in hand well, is against Villa. To be fair, which is not yeah. easy. Yes, they have a game in hand that would take them to at least be on level with points with Everton in sixth place if they were to win that. But they buy Donny Vandebeek for like fifty million. Still whatever. doesn't start. Like I think it's U.S. dollars. Still doesn't start. Comes on in the last ten minutes. No Pogba, who's making every cry humanly possible when he's on international break to be like, "Hey, playing with France is a ton of fun. I love having fun. This makes me like in- appreciate football." And it's just like, 
how how is this team just not creating more? Also, why is Juan Mata starting yeah, it right I was, wing? You're literally reading my mind. It's like Juan Mata has started like a couple of games in a row now in the Premier League, and it's Daniel James looked player. really good over an international break. I I would have wanted to see him get a few minutes. I mean, you, you bought this player for I mean they didn't pay that much like twenty five million, but he's he's still like a quote unquote young player twenty three. But you you'd think that he'd be getting more minutes, especially on and that have in, when that right wing is open, which that's where he's you know supposedly really like decent at yeah they ha- they also have options like within their team where you can move players around in different systems like the the main one that i'm surprised you don't really see any of anymore is the martial rashford like interchange not even starting mm-hmm. Marti- uh, martial specifically on the left wing and playing rashford at center forward uh, which they seem to be doing the opposite of right now and martial has been suspended for a bit and been out of form for another uh, chunk since he's come back playing as a center forward but just the option of throughout the game, uh, reading the defense, they're not young players anymore that are trying to find their feet. They're maybe Rashford could qualify, but Martial specifically is in his mid twenties now. Same with uh, Rashford's coming into his sort of like peak of his powers. They should be able to read a defense and know when they should make the change. Where you know I go wide, you come central, and you play center forward for the next five to ten minutes, whatever it is. Uh, these little things, these little intricacies that aren't that hard to add into your attacking setup against a team like West Brom that you know is going to sit deep and defend, that they just refuse to make. And yeah, I mean, they they get the wins, so good for them, but it never feels that convincing with United. No, it hasn't. They're 4-1-3 on it, it, the it's year. It's their first home win of the season, so I'm sure they're, they're happy. Yeah, like Andrew said, so... Yeah. I mean, but like, this is the same shit that they complained about with Jose. It's not, it's like Manchester United isn't a club that's happy with the result. They want to win a certain way. They want to score goals. They that, want that Manchester United's whole, gone, man. Whole mantra. And well, yeah, good it's, riddance. Like, it's I'm been, not it's been here, seven not years since that it, United's but. been around. So I'm, 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 I'm past that now with them. Like, they talk big, being like, oh, we're going to sign Sancho, and then they end up, like, panic-buying Cavani and, and Telus on the last day of the season, so. I mean, they wanted a right, they wanted a right winger, and they didn't bring it in, and, and it's we're still, I mean, I don't know. The way I look at Manchester United, and, and sure, maybe they'll be in the conversation for top four, but they're still, they're still a Bruno Fernandes-esque signing away from competing for a top four spot, especially with Tottenham playing the way they are right now. Honestly, frankly, with the way Southampton's playing right now. And, you know, we're still waiting for Manchester City to really get going. We'll see what else is going to happen. But uh, the way things look right now, I mean, we're, you know, United are, I did the math today, about nine to ten games, nine games is one quarter of the way through the season. I'm not convinced about United making the top four, and I have them in my top four. So uh, we'll move along. Uh, it's early Sunday morning. Uh, Everton go to Fulham, get a 3-2 victory over Fulham. Uh, Calvert-Lewin back on the score sheet, getting two goals, Bobby Reed scoring, Ducore scoring, and Loftus-Cheek, and a missed penalty for Fulham. Alex, I know you had this highlighted. What did you think about this game? Because I, I figured you wanted to talk about it a little bit. It just seems like more of the same uh, from both teams. Uh, Everton, now that they have uh, especially Richarlison back, it looks like they have some sort of their uh, direct uh, cutting edge that they had to start the season back. He was an absolute shark on the first goal to win it back and then play a well-driven uh, cross to Calvert-Lewin to score, I think it was like 40 seconds in. And then Fulham still look decent, but it's just not quite enough. They they seem to be like a, a decent attacking team, but the, the sacrifices that they have to make at the back just to be decent is just, it's just too much for them and the players they have. It's... Uh, 
neither of these teams has changed my opinion of them. Uh, it just seemed like more of the same. But yeah, I mean, F- Fulham just hate penalties, don't they? So the, it, it seems like they've now missed three three penalties this season. They had Mitrovic missed one earlier in the season that in that four three game with Leeds. They missed another penalty last week with West Ham, and now they've you know they missed a penalty here. All three of those were were in key moments in the games, and it feels like while they are getting a little bit better offensively scoring goals which has never really been a problem with Fulham you know it's it's these key moments that they're they're getting wrong that make you think at the end of the season it's going to come around uh, to bite them in the butt and in that second half they were playing really well like you know once once Ruben Loftus-Cheek came on he won that penalty and scores a goal and and if they'd scored that penalty you know you would have thought they could have even gone on to win the game but it kind of took the air out of them and you know that that 3-2 that Lothar Sheikah, you know, it just it was like a little bit too late for Fulham, and it feels like that's what's going to be need like to just them for commit this to one penalty taker. Yeah, like, even if that penalty taker misses the next time, just stick with them, just so they're not thinking about, oh my god, what if I get taken off penalties? Cavaliero's like, penalty was god awful, though. He yeah, he skied it slipped. nowhere close to as bad as Lookman's penalty in like the 96th minute against West Ham <laughs> to tie it. That was the worst penalty you will ever see. Go look that one up. Moving right along, we'll go to Sheffield, also struggling right now. They lose again. West Ham, uh, Sebastian Hilaire getting his goal in the 56th minute. No Mikel Antonio in this game, but West Ham get it done. Uh, moving right along to the Sunday mid-morning disappointment, which was Leeds nil, Arsenal nil. It was not Pepe a disappointment. Sent off. That was a great game. I mean, it was a great game. Unless you're talking like, about no specifically for, for for Javier, it was a disappointment. But I'm saying yes. as a as a concept, it draw. was a fun nil nil. I called the draw and I said if William starts, we're fucking losing that game. So you Hold know what? On, though. I, I need your I need your opinion on this statistic, Javier, real quick, okay? I don't I don't you, listen. You bro- I'm gonna throw something back at you. If you give that- me some shit statistic about we haven't scored that many goals. I'm gonna give you back another shit statistic. Oh no, no, it is it is about it is about scoring goals because Liverpool have no problem with that. We have no problem with playing attacking football and you know being good at the game. Uh, and you you quickly glossed over Manchester United. That's never coming back. Arsenal have now gone seven hours of Premier League football without scoring a. a We've also a goal conceded zero play. set piece goals this season when we were the team who conceded the most <laughs> last season. So I don't know. It's it's. But like you need to score goals. I to understand, win games. Andrew. Not conceding but, doesn't but get you. We were a points. lot closer three in this points game. Three points get you a title. We we would have we would have scored, I think, if if Pepe didn't get sent off in this game. And you saw us. I thought you guys looked better without him. Well, we, you, you can, yeah, we you did way because we changed him. we changed back to our old system. We did start the game um, like like I said in the last podcast that I wanted to see the the four three three with three in the midfield. But Thomas Partey was injured for this game, so I think he's he's a key player if you want to have that three man midfield. I don't so think are you questioning Arteta? Because I am. That because was the why quote the from last did one. Start? Also, why did Williams start? And two, he was dreadful. You mentioned, you mentioned the system switch. Why are you switching the system without a player in Thomas Partey who would arguably be the most important to that working? And why are you doing it at a Leeds team that you shouldn't be debuting some new system or formation at Leeds. Save that for West Brom at home or Fulham at home or something. Like, Save that for one of those games when you know you have we've, the ball. We've been playing the 4-3-3 in the Europa League, but obviously very different quality of opposition, and it's been a completely different team. Like The only player who really has been transitioning from that team was Willick, who started in this game, who I thought he looked decent. But he didn't have the the defensive support behind him with Xhaka and Ceballos to, to be able to push forward and really 
you know, get done what he was he, what he's able to do in Europa, which is make these you know late runs into the box, make driving runs forward, and not have to worry too much defensively behind him because he's had Partey in the Europa League behind him and Ceballos, and they've been able to to keep a you know a tighter lock on that defensively. There's a lot of jokes about this game, but our our best player was probably the woodwork. You know, I think there was like three or four you know, Andrew yeah. Andrew's joke on Twitter. Uh, oh, did I miss that one? Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I think you liked it. Oh, I did. I think you no, liked I... it, Alex. I think I said the, the Arsenal's best player today has been the goalpost. But it did okay. Yeah, I mean, we we got uh, pretty lucky to, to to get a nil nil draw here. Um, but I did call the draw for us, and I thought that if Willian started. I thought we were going to lose the game, so it it it, was, it probably should have been a loss. And coming away with a draw after having the—I mean—that has to be the stupidest red card so far this season or this year. Um, and for some reason, since Arteta took over, we've had five red cards, which is two more than any other team in the league. And I don't think that it's like—it's not like from, our players are that Teta. undisciplined. It's that we've had some really stupid ones, like the Enketia one and the Aubameyang, which were both just accidents with like studs into players and then like the David Luiz I think he's had maybe one or two where he's you know taken down the last player so it's not like we've he had was doing that before Arteta anyway. yeah exactly so yeah, it's not like we've we've been especially dirty but this this last one from Pepe was just absolutely unexcusable it was it, uh, it's just horrendous really let his whole team down he issued a, a, an apology today on on Instagram you know saying you know he lost his mind, and and you know he he can't. He was very sorry for what he did, which you don't really see players do very often. But kind of glad he did. But now he's out for three games, and and you got to think like I was calling for him to start in this game. So was Alex. I mean, we were, we were talking about how he hasn't gotten enough game time this season. He'd been complaining on national team duty, saying like, "Oh, I'm not getting enough minutes for Arsenal." Then you get the start, dude, and you do this like. Yeah, yeah good, good luck get getting the start anytime soon. And now we're gonna have to fucking see William every game for the next like three or four games again. Actually, one one little one little positive only, it, was Reese Nelson coming on and, and looking really good, even when we were down to ten men. So, I'm hopeful Reese can get some more game time in these next few games with with Nico being out. So, shouldn't it only be um, one game because it was just two yellows? No, no, it was a straight red. It was a VAR straight red. I th- okay. The ref didn't even see yeah, it. Okay. The ref He's had his back him. turned, and he, you know, he gave, VAR, he gave him the old half Zizou. Yeah. He didn't go fully into the chest, right. but he, uh, and, and went, th- he went th- to the That's head. my other complaint, Nico. If you're gonna headbutt a guy. Do it fucking Make it properly. It. If you're gonna get three game banned, like don't tap the guy on the head. Do a little fucking, you know, you're gonna get sent off. Smack him, you know, hit him hard. No, no, no. They were they were smacking each other for multiple minutes leading up to that. That right. was actually kind of funny to watch them but just like, like uh, smacking each other to try and get know, out of each other's a, way. This game was a shit show again. It wasn't obviously getting a draw is honestly not a bad result because I know yeah, teams are, teams are gonna teams are gonna struggle against leads away from home. You know they're going to get another result or two against uh, a t- top six sides and a draw. Yeah, it's not the best. I wanted a win here, but with considering the circumstances, considering the players who started, you know it's 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 not the worst. So you know why? Honestly, the red card is saving you guys from everyone just tearing into you. Yeah, um, that, it was it was bad. We almost got the smash and grab yeah, though. That was really unfortunate in the 83rd minute when Saka, you know, was. Was had the best chance of the whole match, one on one with the keeper, and you know takes a couple extra touches, and and the keeper's able to get down and, and save it. But I think I think Patrick Bamford would uh, would disagree uh, with you on best chance say, of the match. Aubameyang, Aubameyang still well. was kind of a ghost. Didn't really see him again, which is a little bit worrying. Well, yeah, you guys don't play anyone that feeds him. You play Willian, Pepe, Ceballos is the only one really uh, looking to thread any balls in. It's. Uh, 
Aubameyang's feeding on scraps at this point. It's crazy how how like pedestrian we look without Thomas Partey. Like when with when Partey's in the side, we we still look like a very good side. <clears throat> if he's missing, I know we're going to struggle a lot this season because he just offers so much more than any any player really we have right now, and he's he's like very quickly be- become our best player, which is kind of crazy. So. Other people got to have to start stepping up. We're going to need new protagonists. I'm hoping Reese Nelson can be one of them. I know Saka. Saka's definitely going to be one of them pushing forward. You know, we have we have Martinelli back in training. Palomari's back in training. Um, yeah, hopefully you guys get back into Europa League. Fuck you, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> well played. All right, let's talk about a real team that's going to rest our hopes uh, on Liverpool. these teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> Liverpool uh, beat down Leicester City 3-0 uh, This is officially their longest winning streak at Anfield The second longest in league history Only behind that Chelsea league run uh, They think that one's in the 80s So we'll see if Liverpool can uh, continue it through the season To get it up to where Chelsea did I want to shout out James Milner Excellent on the day Filling in it right back No Mohamed Salah No Van Dijk No Gomez No Trent Alexander-Arnold No Thiago Shakiri, who could have started, was out injured. Like, and and to go and beat the number one team in the you know on the table, uh, best team in the league. Or, uh, Tottenham, or Tottenham were, league. In, were in the top by then. Yeah. Come on, that's that's true. Fine. So we were but going into the weekend. Then. It was a really a dominant performance from Liverpool. I mean, I, I was I was um, pretty fucking impressed. I just want. Like, really? I just want you guys know. Yeah, Diego Jota is pretty good. Diego Jota is pretty good. Diego Jota is very good. They had 13 shots on target, 24 shots. They had, you know, dominated possession. They were Andy Robertson was excellent. I like I, I this. I think this was Andy Robertson's best game of the year for Liverpool. Threw, threw in another assist. I think was like uh, his passing numbers were ridiculous. The only uh, uh, Georgino Wijnaldum was was really good having to play defensive midfield. I saw I mean, Nabi Keita came off injured and they still you know, like didn't minute, didn't yeah. miss a beat. I think Nico Williams came on. You know they had a bunch of youngsters. Yep. Curtis Jones started. You know Fabinho had to play at center back. Like like Andrew That's said, Milner be, played Fabinho's at right back. Be playing at center back until Fabinho's playing at center back m- until either a they sign a defender in January or B the end of the season. Like I, they don't have. I was surprised else. how pedestrian Leicester were, though. Just I thought they showed Liverpool way too much respect. They did, and, and that's I, why. And I, that's I why I, I say that the game was over at one nil. Because I mean, the thing we've been praising Leicester for is that they've been adapting to all these defensive injuries by playing this three four three or like sort of three five two at times. And just sitting back, and you know, uh, it's it's a good it's a good strategy for a team with a player like uh, Jamie Vardy up top. But when you you show them that much respect, and you hardly get across uh, midfield with the ball, it's it's rough to watch. I don't know I, if if Leicester had played that way, somehow gotten the first goal from similar circumstances, like an own goal by Liverpool or something, then you maybe could have seen them hold on for a for a draw. But you, you can't just you can't just I don't know defend Liverpool down were one creating, <laughs> We were creating good chances within the first like two or three minutes of the match. I think I tweeted like they're feeling it right now, and like I just knew they were gonna like beat the shit out of this team. Um, I do want to shout out James Justin. I've watched Lester. I wouldn't say every week this this year, but James Justin. There's a player in there. He's a very like, good player. He's really good. Even Fafana really made good. a few mistakes. Uh, yes. being out of position, I think for the uh, Jota goal. That left that big chasm mm-hmm. for Robertson to cross into, but even even he would that that mistake was probably their best defender. And for James mm-hmm. Justin specifically, the thing I've been impressed about 
with him is that he made the jump from Luton Town, I think, to uh, Leicester at the beginning of the previous season after Luton had been the best team in League One. So they'd just come up to the, the championship had all their players taken off them, and most of them went to other championship clubs, except for James Justin, who went to Leicester City. They were grooming him like they kind of did with Sayonchu. And he, he looks like a player that can play anywhere across uh, that back five. He can play in either of the the side center back spots, not the middle one, but in either he can play left or right wing back. So they've got themselves a, a good little player there for the future. Absolutely. I was I was very uh, I enjoyed watching him. Yeah. Uh, and of course, like I said, Liverpool can't escape without an injury. Cates is now going to be out. But the the number one thing that's just pissing me off in terms of like injury availability is we Tiago's back in training. I'm hoping that maybe he gets to play in the Atalanta game. Henderson didn't play in this game either for wasn't on the bench either. So, I mean, they're light. I mean, you have to now qualify like you have to count that Fabinho's not a midfielder for the rest of the season. And he's a defensive midfielder and it sucks that like and I saw a good meme about this Wijnaldum scored like two goals for the Dutch on, in in the right. international break <laughs> yeah. it's like he goes from being like a goal scoring number 10 to being like has to sit back and shield the back line for Liverpool but like you never hear him complain he has in his first 200 appearances for Liverpool he has won like 133 times in those appearances which is the most ever in club history which is like wild when you consider like Liverpool history so uh, moving wild. right along. Also, right shout, along, no, uh, shout out to Ray Clements also. Oh, people, yes. Uh, yes. people who listen to this pod will not be familiar with him, but he was probably one of the first, probably the, the second or third great keeper from uh, from England. Uh, and, you know, won, I think, three Euro- European Cups, was a part of that first great generation of Liverpool teams that won the league multiple times and, and went to the Champions League and represented England so well there. So... He's uh, I, can't, I can't remember what he passed from, but that was a surprise yeah. to see. I, I don't think he was doing well. I forgot if it was. I, I did. It's funny. I listened to a, a couple Liverpool podcasts and they talked about him a bunch. And uh, all the goalkeepers went out and like paid tribute to him. Allison wore like an old school jersey kit for warm up. Like the they're like used to really wear green. retro green. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that was a really nice look. And I think Alice, like Allison's done a very good job of, even though he's, you know, Brazilian, but he's done a good job of learning a lot about the club's history and embracing that. Uh, so, yes, Shh. again, he, uh, I just looked it up. He, Clements had been battling prostate cancer for over 15 years. Wow. And that's what he passed away from. So I think that's part of what uh, they do November here in the States. And that's what everyone grows their mustache out for. So that's. That's usually the, the similar charity. Uh, you, Javier, you were saying? Shout out to Firmino, who uh, I think that was his only his fifth goal in like 50 games at home or some shit for Liverpool, which is an absolutely crazy yeah, statistic. Yeah, he should have had like two before yeah, that. Yeah, but he, he had, had two one before that. We had, we had just like called a millimeter from being a right. goal. <laughs> yeah, it was literally crazy how close he was to you know getting like a hat trick this game. But we had just called him out on the last pod being like, you know, statistically he hasn't been showing up and he hasn't been scoring goals. But I think he heard us and was like, all right, you motherfuckers, I'm going to get some goals this game. And I think he's just been watching me, Jota play. For me, yeah, and I mean, you got to think that like Jota playing so well is putting pressure on him to, to get some exactly. goals and assists, you know? And for me, this game, I think, showed me more than any other game this season for Liverpool. Like, what Liverpool, like, I still think they're going to win the league. You know, this is the type of game where, they're, like... I do, too. They were fucking... They, half they half the team was mentality. injured, and they just destroyed this Leicester side, who have beaten Manchester City, 
beaten Arsenal, you know, looked really good in a lot of these games when banging in goals and they haven't really been conceding that much. Uh, I don't know. Very impressive performance for me for Liverpool. And, and this is uh, this is a statement game for me, like a mark, like putting down a marker being like, we don't give a shit that Van Dyke's out and Salah's out. Like we're, we're still going to be dominant. So Salah, by the way, now negative for COVID-19. So he should be. I don't know if he's going to be playing against Atalanta at home in the Champions League midweek, but uh, he's he's ready to go. Um, you know, I could go on for hours about just the mentality of this team. Klopp does a really good job of not letting them rest on their laurels too long, and, and they get up for every game. Like, it's been a long time since, other than, I mean, that Aston Villa game was bad, but, like, Klopp, I, I don't think his, they haven't rested on that. They haven't, like, hung their yeah, heads. You guys, you guys haven't looked back since then. You've just been, been winning. So No. Yep. Uh, let's move on. Monday, uh, Burnley gets a 1-0 victory, a much-needed victory over Crystal Palace this afternoon. Wolves 1-1 against Southampton. Just, just shout out I to uh, covid game. Thanks for for hitting up Zaha for that. I needed that clean sheet in fantasy. Oh, that, thank you, thank you, COVID. Uh, Look at you wishing ill uh, on a on a player. <laughs> Literally, yeah. He should be at um, Arsenal, the motherfucker. So, Wolves and Southampton was a decent game this afternoon. If you guys didn't watch, uh, I thought Wolves might have been able to sneak a late winner, but Southampton just hoping to get uh, Danny Ings back. Any Danny, like if they had, if Danny Ings is back, is in this team, I think they actually get the one in this one. Walcott, uh, Walcott with weekend. a little sneaky goal. Yes, he did have a sneaky goal, but he had a couple misses in this game. He's just not as effective through the middle as he was wide. But, uh, yes, he gets an appearance. Uh, let's go to the weekend. Crystal Palace and Newcastle on Friday afternoon. And then early morning Saturday, Brighton hosting Liverpool. Uh, there's not much I need to say about this. I, I think Liverpool should be able to go to Brighton and get, like, 2-3-0 result and, and easier said than done. I know Brighton obviously got a win over Villa over the weekend, but I'm not worried about Brighton whatsoever. Manchester City against Burnley. This is usually. Uh, I feel like this one might need be a, a, a cheeky one nil for for Manchester City. This this might not be a ton a fun ton of fun to watch, but uh, I think Manchester City handles them pretty easily. And then Everton take on Leeds, and this is uh, little Carlo Ancelotti taking on Marcelo Bielsa. What do you guys think about this one? This one might actually be a decent twelve thirty game. That's not one of the you know quote unquote top six, even though Everton are in sixth. Yeah, I think it's gonna be fun. Probably a lot of goals, like you said. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of goals. You know, Everton have been pretty good against teams that have wanted to attack them. They've, when it's come to shootouts, you know, Everton's been at it. And this lead side, I mean, even against us, I know they got, you know, it was like a nil nil, but you could tell that they were just, they were leaving open spaces. and, And they play this like, this is my first time, you know, that I really was watching them you know, play man-to-man against Arsenal. And, and they play this, like, man-to-man marking system where they kind of, if you have the the skill to be able to beat their players one, one-on-one, like someone like Richarlison and, you know, Cal- Dominic Calvert-Lewin, who's, like, a, you know, physically dominant ce- uh, center forward, I think they're going to they're have a successful time against this lead side because, like, physically, leads aren't the, the, the most, the best side, but, like, their build-up play and their... The, how quickly they pass the ball and and you know how many chances they're going to get. I'm sure they're going to score a couple goals on this like on on Pickford and and this shitty Everton defense. But you know it might be like a two two or a three three, and it, I think this is going to be a really fun game. This is probably going to be the game that has the most goals this weekend. So I, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Over three point five goals, and this is uh, plus one seventy. So uh, that's going to be on my list for the weekend. Yeah, that's probably a guarantee. Um, <laughs> I was going to say Leeds could probably just money ball this shit. If you uh, if you just get enough shots on target, Pickford will, will screw up enough that you score at least three, and then you just gotta try and hang on at the other end. It's yeah, they it's won't a be facing Burn predict, God Leno. I think this, Everton this, can. This, uh... Yeah, Leno played really well. He did. But... He did. He was probably our man of the match. 
But if, if Everton can just kind of replicate, well, I, I keep I feel like I keep saying the same thing over and over again uh, for Leeds, but I haven't seen Leeds completely prove me wrong yet other than Aston Villa. Uh, if Everton can just set up in a, a, a sort of low, low to mid block, protecting their own half and counterattack from that, then I think they're set up pretty well to maybe concede a few to Leeds, but probably score three or four, maybe even five, like they were at the beginning of the season. So uh, yeah, it's it's an open game. It's I'm gonna definitely uh, watch. I'm thinking that of one. captaining Dominic Calvert-Lewin again in this because the goals are coming. They're coming. Yeah, that's honestly this wouldn't be a bad pick. But if Mo, if Mo Salah's back first Brighton, then I'm probably you. taking that. Yeah, that's also fair. We'll find out in the midweek, depending on what happens with him. Uh, West Brom and Sheffield. I know you guys wanted to briefly mention this one because it is uh, it's an important game for two teams lower on the bottom end of the Premier League or near the bottom of the Premier League. You think either of these are going to get a win, in, win out of this one? I know West Brom's at home. I, Can your boy Connor I, Gallagher I, get a get a? I don't get know. Points? I feel Chelsea like I, for, I feel like this Chelsea. this could be the, the Sheffield win. <laughs> This could be the, could the Sheffield be. win that we've we've been looking at. I mean, this is really desperation time, right? Like Alex was saying, we you know we briefly mentioned they lost to West Ham. We didn't talk about the game. Desper- desperation time. Yeah, no, no. no. <laughs> well, uh, I was saying you mentioned on the last pod that like they really needed to get that win against West Ham, and they, they had some chances. You know, I think uh, McGoldrick like hit the, the crossbar slash post in a one v one. He had a good chance, and uh, they're getting closer and closer. They don't look terrible. They just. They're just not creating enough, and they're not finishing their chances off. But West Brom have been the side that have been all giving the season and been letting everyone beat them. And I don't know. I'm uh, I'm hopeful for Sheffield this game. So I kind of I kind of I kind of feel like a sneaky two-one Sheffield win here, and finally getting getting off that bottom of the table. Wow, bold of you to assume Did three you? goals will be scored. Yeah, I was going to say the idea of Sheffield scoring twice is give me a one-one uh, or a one-nil. Yeah, maybe a 1-0. Yeah, maybe uh, a 1-0. Yeah. You're right. I do not but see three goals. Have game. you guys seen... I know there hasn't been too much now, but he's had two games against good opposition. Connor Gallagher against Tottenham and Manchester United. Yeah, he looks fun, he, Alex. He looks like a good player. He's not going to ever play for Chelsea, but the, he looks like a good player. The one thing I will... Oh, well, you're going to regret saying that. <laughs> he's going to be front and center on all the posters, that beautiful little boy. <laughs> He's uh, uh yeah. The, the one thing I'll say about him, I'm not gonna like hype him up too much. I'm just gonna say he's uh, he had one season out on loan at two different teams in the championship last year. Uh, was amazing in the championship, and the biggest uh, compliment I can give to him after playing I think three games so far this season in the Premier League is that he doesn't look out of place and probably looks like their best midfielder. I haven't seen any of their other midfielders really stand out. I mean, again, I'm usually watching him. But even just within normally watching a game, he's the only midfielder at West Brom that really stands out as doing anything. So keep your eye on Conor Gallagher the rest of the season. What was I going to say? Oh, uh, I just looked up Sheffield. They have not scored more than two goals in a match all year. Yeah, they've only got one goal so. from open play. So it's not it's not looking good for them. They're your best friends. <laughs> <laughs> they are our best friends. Arsenal and Sheffield, best of friends. <laughs> Uh, let's go to Sunday morning, Southampton to take on Manchester United at St. Mary's. And as we were saying, going into, you know, before the podcast started, we were looking at the weekend's games. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm taking Southampton to win this game. I don't know how bold of, of me that is. Oh, well, they're plus 270 right now on, on, uh, on draft can- or FanDuel. Man United coming in at plus 100. But, um, I, I know I said that Southampton are struggling to score goals, but this just seems like the type of game where, 
First of all, Manchester United are going to have to play midweek in the Champions League, and Southampton are not. And Southampton are on good form. They they got the draw today, but I'm just not buying anything Manchester United selling right now. They do luckily they have to play Istanbul Be- Basakir Basakir. I'm not. Uh, yeah, this is, this is their easiest group stage game, and they've been pretty good. Like I think if they win, but they this lost. Game, I think if they win, they lost to this team on the road <laughs> right before the. Yeah, that was the game break. when uh, United gave Dembaba their entire half to run into. It's true. It's true, yeah. and 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 they think that they're you know this is, they want to play United every week, so may, maybe they're going to struggle. Yeah, you know, I don't know, but this is the type of game that if they win this, they're probably getting out of the group. So I'm sure they're really looking at that 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 Istanbul game tomorrow and thinking that they can win it at home. And, and it's a must win. It is a must win um, because they have PSG away and I think Leipzig away after that. So yeah, no, no PSG at home United and Leipzig are, away. Sorry, in the United Champions are League. coming into. They've got a a bunch of decent games coming up because they've so they've got this game at Southampton, then they have to play at PSG. They've got at West Ham, at Leipzig, home for the derby against Manchester City, uh, away Sheffield, home Leeds, away Everton, and then three days later Leicester. Like the next month is going to be very telling. Like there aren't. A lot of necessarily easy games in that run. Maybe, maybe Sheffield, but the Southampton one West should scare been... the shit out of them, even if they, yeah, even if they don't have Ings. Yes, I, I, well, like I said, I'm I'm taking Southampton win. I think I think they're a better all around team right now than United, even though United have, I mean, Southampton are fifth in the table for a reason, and they deserve to be. I feel pretty yeah, good about been, our three they've three. They've been really with them. good. They've been really good. I'm. I also I feel like this is going to be a draw. I, I, I'm not confident enough in Southampton to say that they're going to win this, but I could see like a 1-1 draw here. And they've been playing well enough that I think they deserve the respect to to say that they're probably Manchester United's probably not going to beat them. Then again, though, I feel like United have always had... They've had some crazy games at Southampton. I remember one last season where Southampton probably should have won and they ended up losing, but... You know, I think they it was drew like both a times last okay, year. Two two. They had, they they had, had like a, a two two, two, two where Obafemi scored. It was like the second or third la- to last game of the season at Old right. Trafford, and he scored right, right. To, to equalize in the ninety something minute. So I, I kind of feel like another draw on this one. The way the Southampton are playing and the way United are kind of off form, and like you said, they're going to play in the Champions League midweek. So I'm going to go one one in this. I really want to see the Van de Beek right, start though. Like I'm I'm waiting for it. I feel like when he does, he's gonna he's gonna break onto that team. You're jinxing it. Stop talking about it. It might, it might happen. <laughs> Yeah. That's what I want, Alex. I'll keep uh, talking about it, and it'll never yeah, actually, happen. No, keep going. Sorry, keep going. Another premier clash for the weekend for Tottenham as they take on Chelsea at Stamford Bridge at eleven thirty. Uh, Master versus Apprentice and Jose Mourinho versus Frank Lampard. Sorry, sorry. Uh, Master versus Apprentice. Frank Lampard is three and zero against Jose Mourinho. So uh, yeah, Frank is the master. Thank you very much. Okay. Only right, only manager that. to ever do a league double over Jose Mourinho. Yeah, you can, you can quote me on that. Yeah, I know Tottenham are in good how com- form. How confident are you? How confident are you that Chelsea can get all three You points? have to be confident because it's Tottenham and because we're at home. The, the reason that kind of worries me in the back of my mind is that, of course, Jose has set them up to be defensive and to counterattack. Whereas we, we, we haven't quite shown a mastery of how to deal with that in games of this magnitude just quite yet. Uh, United specifically have had a lot of success counterattacking us when we've uh, played the more possession style against them. Uh, but in both games, or I think one of the two games last year against Tottenham, Tottenham had just a completely decimated uh, injury list. So they didn't have Kane or Son or 
anyone and they couldn't do anything but sit deep and defend. But at the same time, I, I think a lot of Tottenham's threats that made them uh, a threat specifically to Chelsea in uh, Ericsson and Pochettino's leadership uh, are gone now. Ericsson used to always score at Stamford Bridge. It was one of his favorite grounds. He's gone. Deli Alley used to always show up against us. That was one of his favorite mashups, and he's no longer really in the picture. Um, obviously, Kane and Son are two weapons we still need to worry about, but we should have a pretty rested Thiago Silva back there with uh, Mendy and Zuma. So, um, and of course, N'Golo Kante, who has been kind of going under the radar as N'Golo God's the, back, the best defensive midfielder in the league. Uh, and once once Van Dyke is back, maybe Fabinho and him and N'Golo can go head to head. Don't don't give once, me Thomas Partey. Once Partey is healthy, don't give me Thomas he's the best player. He's, he's, he's played best three games. In the he's league. played three he, games, and you want to call like you're talking about a Premier League winner here in N'Golo, a double Premier League winner in N'Golo Kante, and former player of the season. N'Golo Kante is back, everyone, and he's here to take back his crown. And if Chelsea beat Tottenham, which I think we will this weekend. I'm going to say 2-1. Okay. Then we're officially Liverpool's biggest threat for the league. Ooh. If. Okay. If. If we choke up against kinda, Tottenham, then, then like old Chelsea draw. is back. I feel like this has drawn. Even like if we draw, draw. I, I, I can't say I'd be happy with a draw or because it's Tottenham and we should always Tottenham beat Tottenham. Win. Or a sneaky But like Tottenham at this win. point of the season, you're just trying to, you're, you're hanging around with first place, which, you know, we'd be like four points off Liverpool if that happened, probably. Wouldn't be the end of the world. Yeah. So Tottenham has Chelsea, Chelsea come into the so they're not they're not going anywhere for the Champions League. They're you know they got but they're playing Thursday while Chelsea are playing Tuesday. So Chelsea are going to come in with four more days or with with a couple extra days of rest. We're also on playing in Tottenham. We're playing in Rennes, which is not a long trip at all. Right. And also and also a, another addition is well here's the thing. You're right. Tottenham play Ludogorets. They're probably going to rotate the entire squad. Yeah. I don't like, think I don't think like fatigue is going to be a problem for that. Oh yeah, I don't think um, it will be for us either. I think we have enough players coming back from injuries that we'll be able to uh, I just, rotate I'm, I'm, some players in Champions League and be fine for Sunday. They're going to they're gonna do the tomorrow. same thing. It's they're a Tuesday to Sunday to difference for us. That that they did to Manchester City. They're going to sit back. They're going to let you guys have the ball. And Chelsea have looked. Do you mind if I just counter real quickly with the reason I think that works so well against City? was because City didn't really do too well in taking advantage of the areas and in, in wide spaces that Spurs gave them. Whereas this Chelsea team, you have multiple threats on either side. I mean, on the right side, you've got Ziyech from a deep area crossing with his left going towards the back post, or you've got Reese James overlapping him. You've got both those options you have to account for, plus Mason Mount drifts out there. So um, or, uh, Kai Havertz should be back for this game. I'm reading so, that Alderweil is out is going to be out for at least a month with a pretty serious muscle injury. So that yeah, might be I, a, a significant. I just think at this blow. at this point in time, Chelsea, I think, are better set up to take advantage of the spaces we'll get out wide. I didn't get to finish with Chilwell on the opposite side playing very well. Uh, and like I said, Tammy Abraham, he's having quietly one of the better seasons in in the league this season. Uh, even if he's not like absolutely banging in goals, he's got three league goals now after that one against Newcastle. But his uh, hold up play up top alongside the speed of Werner has been a, a great partnership. So I'm really excited to, to see that continue to flourish. And Kai Havertz is back tomorrow for Ren, and I'm guessing we'll probably play instead of Kovacic against Tottenham. So you've got a Mount Kante-Kai Havertz midfield 
with Timo Werner, Tammy Abraham, Hakim Ziyech up top. Uh, I'm sorry, but I don't think Tottenham's defense is that fixed. I think we'll score twice at least. So 2-1. I kind of right. uh, feel like a 1-1 one, one here um, or a sneaky 2-1 Tottenham win. So I'm, I'm still backing Tottenham here. I think that Chelsea, this is going to be the best team t- Chelsea have played so far this season. And it's going to be a big test. Like if Chelsea can come out and win like you said, Alex, then... Wow, look at Andrew. He's not saying anything after Liverpool beat us 2-0 earlier this season. Them? Didn't, yeah, I was yeah we already say, played Liverpool. Did, did, Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, come on. Okay, the, the second best. We only lost 2-0 after being down to 10 men and having Kepa in goal. So, yeah, that was the way, Thiago Masterclass. We're game. in a way better spot now than we were then. This is the this is going to be the the real test right now for, for Thiago Silva and, and Mendy. So, if you guys can come out winners out of this, then, then yeah, I'll be ready to anoint you guys the, the principal, you know, contenders challengers. against challengers for Liverpool for this title. But... I think if Tottenham come out win, winning or even drawing in this game, then I, I'm I'm still backing them to to continue their their good form, and I think that their form is a, I mean Chelsea's is very good form as well, so it's this is the this is the two this should be yeah a fun this game. is the two on it form be a teams really fun game. and but you got to think Mourinho he's not going to let Lampard beat him four times in a row well he's not on, he's not going to allow it. This run, this run for Spurs, I think we've mentioned it every week, but is brutal. They've got Chelsea this weekend. The following Saturday, they have the North London Derby at home. It's a win. Then the following Saturday, it is a win. The following Saturday after that, they travel to Crystal Palace. Then midweek in the Premier League, they've got away Liverpool. And then that weekend, they've got Leicester City. That's like right, the fuck next you, Alex. I'm taking, uh, I'm taking Tottenham 2-1 in this. You know what? You know why? Because you're a I'm shitty done. Arsenal fan, Javier, just like I said last week. <laughs> it has nothing to do with that. All it's right. just the brains. You said, th- what, 4-1 or 3-0 City? Like, it wasn't even fucking close. So, you know, I'm using know my Sterling, brain. You're, you're I using Sterling your wasn't going to start, to be honest. All right, Javier. Is Arsenal going to score a goal against Wolves on Sunday? God, this might be another nil-nil, guys. I mean, I'm so sorry, but we're probably going to play our five at the back again. And Thomas Partey should be back for this. Um, I was just reading injury updates with him. I think he could have possibly played in the Leeds game, but we're being really, really careful with him. We you know, don't want him to re-aggravate this injury. Apparently, after he got injured um, a couple of weeks ago, he asked to still go to the with Ghana and we were like no you're staying here and you're you know you're going to you're going to recover so um, your hyperbolic chamber yeah your hyperbolic in, uh, chamber and, and and I mean if he starts in this game then I think we've got a decent chance of of I mean I don't know about winning we did beat Wolves last time 2-0 so, and that was wait, that was kind of so crazy for us can I get a dad joke in here real quick so what you're saying is no Thomas, no party. Yes, no Thomas, no party. This is correct. If there's no Thomas in this, um, then, I'll go kill then I myself could, now. I, I could see wolves. I could see wolves. You know, getting a win here, or, or um, I mean, I think a draw is the most likely result of this game. Which, since wolves returned to the Premier League, they have the same results in the two times that they've come to the Emirates: a one-one draw. Which I think is probably I, I think that's your your fair bet. Absolutely, I mean that, that's what I say. I would I would draw. bet a draw on this game, and I don't think there's going to be a lot of goals. But then again, though, I mean, it, it, and Arsenal fans say this every week, and it's 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 been six or seven weeks now of this shit. But Aubameyang can't keep blanking. He he can't keep not scoring, and we can't keep not scoring in every single game. So it, there's got to be a game. It's got to have to happen soon. 
And I don't why think not? It's, why not? I still don't understand why Arsenal haven't resorted to the Manchester United strategy of just diving for penalties. Well, like it's it's your we best. don't have Anthony Martial, who's the, who's just the best <laughs> diver in the league. You know, we don't have number one flop master. Oh, I want that Martial. Martial. Then play in crosses and aim for their hands like Juan I Mata want, did. I want Reese James starting in this game. That's what I want to see. I think he's he's hard I'm sorry, but enough. he plays for he plays for Chelsea. Oh, I'm sorry, Reese so, Nelson. Uh, Nelson. And we're not gonna we're not gonna be selling him anytime soon, Javier. What about Jorginho, Alex? No, Give us Jorginho. Not. We stay we stay in your heads rent rent free. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want Reese Nelson starting in this game. I'm 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 pretty sure we're still gonna see a William start. Like if if William started this last game, he's gonna probably start in this Wolves game. And I don't know, William can't com- be complete. He he has the one in ten games that he's good. He, he's getting around that mark where he's around that tenth game. Where he's gonna have to pull out one game out of his bag. Oh wait, he plays Tottenham next week. Fuck. Okay, that's the tenth yeah, game, yeah, isn't it's, it? It's gonna be that one. Fuck. No, no, trust me, oh, it's gonna right. be so the Tottenham is, game. This he's is this score. is the one game like, like too Bryce. early maybe for him. But like if we if we wanna if we wanna get top four, we're, we're gonna have to beat this Wolf side. We're gonna have to get a result here. So Javier, I'm sorry. I know we're running over, but can we just get this idea out of your head? You're not getting top four. All right. Well, I'm going to say one nil Arsenal. We've been trying to be nice about it for the whole season. I know the Europa League jokes hurt your feelings. I'm not hearing anything. (laughs) They're going to be lucky to finish sixth. Like it's early days, you motherfuckers. I'm trying to manage his expectations, Andrew, so he doesn't feel let down. I'm trying to let him down easily. Okay. I mean, if we were to let him down easily, we just stop talking about Arsenal on this podcast because they're no longer relevant. Yeah, but, it, that's, that's but that wouldn't easy. be fun. <laughs> Look at you two, this ten games true. in, talking <laughs> shit. I think you guys are gods. Yeah, I think Liverpool I think is, is appropriate. Not you, Chelsea. Not you, <laughs> Javier. We think that because our teams have won titles in the last five years, not because of the first ten <laughs> games of the season. We've won three FA Cups. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot more than Tottenham. That's all, folks. That's a lot more than Tottenham, Wolves, right. Southampton, or any of these other bullshit teams that you're touting up right now. So fuck off. More than United. I thought Tottenham were your favorite team. <laughs> just because I'm supporting their good form right now doesn't mean yeah. they're my favorite. He's team. just a good fan of the Premier League. I am a good fan Honestly, of the Premier League. That's, yeah. that's what's going to happen. Let's is end he's going to become that's the, the biggest like, laugh of yeah. the night. Just let's wait, end wait, it wait. There. I, yeah. I want to just briefly mention. There's a Leicester Fulham game, which I'm sure Leicester are gonna. That's dog. that's a Leicester blowout. But West that's Ham Leicester Villa, two, two, three. Nil. That's our hipster game of the week. You know, I think that's gonna be a fun one. And this West Ham side, a, I just gotta say, I mean, they had a really hard run of games where they've come out. I think they're in like sixth or seventh place right now, and they've only conceded ten goals. They've scored fifteen. This is seventh and eighth in the table. They are Aston Villa yeah. on fifteen and West Ham on fourteen, but Villa have played a game less. I just want to say Moyes has got them playing similar to what the level that he had his old Everton team playing, and I really think this West Ham team is. I mean, they're not going to get relegated like that. I think that's out of the question now, and. I think that they're going to be a problem for anyone that they play this year. So I think this is going to be a fun game, but I kind of I feel like West Ham are going to win it. Villa have lost, you know, they, of course they destroyed Arsenal 3-0, but they've lost four out of the last five games, and they seem to be slipping a little bit and after, you know, their, their super hot start. So I think it's going to be a fun one. Like, a, I think and Mikel Antonio, I think, is going to be back for this game. So yeah, I thought he was going to be back for West Ham on Sunday. Look for this game on Monday because I think it's going to be a fun one. I agree. I agree. And that will wrap it up. We went long, but you know what? It's Thanksgiving week, so uh, we got this. Yeah, you guys are going to have time off, so you have time to listen to us, you know? 
Yes, absolutely. Happy Thanksgiving, uh, so, everybody. Uh, thank Happy you. Thanksgiving. That's about what I was about to say. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Don't give your grandma COVID. Drink a lot on Thanksgiving. Uh, wear a mask. And uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Ghost Gold Pod, at Andrew Pissarro, at ASMOS92, at Javi Rev9. And until next time. See you.